welcome to the Girly Homesteader Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a part-time homesteader with a full-time love for makeup. This podcast focuses on traditional homesteading topics like gardening, chickens, beekeeping, hunting, fishing, being in harmony with nature, food preservation, cooking, etc. But it also touches on the girly side of things like non-toxic skincare, makeup, and homekeeping. So, If you're ready to learn more about homesteading and keep your girly side along the way, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Girly Homesteader podcast. So this episode is releasing like mid-February and we just had a pretty big snowstorm here in Ohio, like snow and ice storm. I swear, I had two snow days last week as of when I'm recording this. Um, And like, we haven't had a snowstorm like this in a while. And like, this one was legit because the way it happened, it was like the worst Um, because it was warm right before it happened, but it rained a ton. And then the cold front moved in. So this rain just froze, turned into freezing rain and just stuck around forever. And then it turned into snow, like a lot of snow, and um, it's probably gonna be around for a little while. Um, So right now we have like, I don't know, six to eight inches of snow out. And then underneath that is a layer of like ice. So anyways, I had two snow days last week. But the reason I'm saying this is because it is really cold. Um, I think that February is probably like the hardest month to get through. Maybe that's why it's the shortest month, I don't know. But in my opinion, February is hard because you get off, like you don't have the high anymore of January and the new year and just like feeling super motivated and all this stuff. And then it's still really cold and it's just, I don't know, it's just hard. (laughs) Because at least here in my area of Ohio, Um, March is a pretty good month because there's just a lot of like positivity because you can really see the signs that spring is coming. Some things you can even start getting planted in the ground if it's unseasonably warm or if you're working in a greenhouse or something. There's just like a lot of newness in March that February just doesn't have. Yes, there are some days in February that will get in the 40s, 50s sometimes here. But I think that generally, February is like the month where we have the most bitter cold here. And that has been true. The end of January and this first part of February for us, it's been cold at night in the single digits, sometimes even dipping into the negative digits. It's just been cold. So I thought that it would be a great time to talk about how to protect your skin during winter. So... This episode is definitely going to be one of those more like girly podcast episodes, I guess you can say. But I do think that there's a lot of basics that all of us need to learn. Like I don't, you don't have to wear makeup or do your hair every day to learn from what I'm going to talk about today. Um, because having healthy skin and having happy skin, it just makes you look better, feel better. And also it really is important to just protect yourself because your skin is the first line of defense in your body from the outside world. 
I mean, think about it. Your entire body, we're just not talking about your face here. Your entire body is covered in skin. It's your largest organ. And you need to protect it because if you don't, especially during winter, it's going to become more susceptible to issues, whether it be rosacea, whether it be just skin sensitivity, um, all sorts of things. And you just, you don't want that. You're, you want your skin to be happy. That way it can protect your internal organs from the outside world. So with that, I should explain what a moisture barrier is. And so our skin, as I said, its job is to protect us from the outside world and also to keep good things in. Yes, keep your organs in, but um, the point also is to keep moisture in your body because as you know, our bodies are mostly made up of water. And so without your skin, our bodies would lose all of that moisture. So deep in your skin, um, is called, it's the moisture barrier. It's made up of two primary groups of things. It's made up of water, and it's also made up of lipids or oils or fats um, to help protect you. So the water, it makes your, it's important for cell functioning. And then the lipids, they help to keep all of that good stuff inside. So the basic point of this podcast, if you take only one thing from this episode, is that we need to be as kind as we can to your moisture barrier, especially during the winter. So first of all, why is winter so hard? Well, because when you're inside, as you know, if you have central heat, or even if you don't, just even if you're you know, heating your plate, your, your, your home with wood or whatnot from a fireplace, you know that that can cause the air inside to become really dry. So the inside of our home during the spring, fall, and summer, I would say is anywhere between like 50 to 60% humidity, maybe 40. Um, and that's a happy range for us. If it gets over 60, then it starts feeling humid. Um, and we do have a dehumidifier on our um, air conditioner just so you know we don't get mold and stuff like that inside but goodness gracious during the winter I mean right now I just looked at our thermostat the humidity in our house right now it can range anywhere from like 28% to 32% and to me that is very dry so you have to understand too that I am speaking as someone who has a skin condition I have rosacea and that means that my moisture barrier is just inherently damaged. So I am giving you like the super, super deep dive on all this stuff. If you have more normal skin that doesn't have issues, then some of this stuff might not be as important for you. But the thing is, honoring and repairing your moisture barrier and um, just being good to it, that can you can never have too much of it, I guess is what I'm saying. So anyways, the indoor climate that you're living in, although it might be warm, although it might be a nice balmy 70 degrees when it's like 15 outside, um, it's dry. The air is dry. And so when that happens, your skin, it dries out. <laughs> and so when you're outside, the same thing can happen. Now, although hu the humidity might feel like it's more humid outside, which it probably is, the thing is though, when air is cold, 
This is just part of physics. It doesn't hold as much moisture in the air. So you might notice this when fall starts coming around, the air just feels drier and it feels crisper. That's what happens when the temperatures start to dip. The humidity, it just cannot be held in the air as easily. And so your skin cannot absorb it as easily too. The other thing with winter, as you know, is that when you're working outside, the wind tends to rip <laughs> during the winter. So that cold air blowing on your face, it can cause a lot of irritation. It can cause windburn, chapped lips, chapped cheeks, chapped everything, dry cracking hands, nosebleeds, all of that. The other thing too, is that sun protection is still super important even during winter. Um, especially like today. Today is a perfect example of why sun protection is still important during winter because as I said, we have about six to eight inches of snow on the ground, but today is gonna, it's a very sunny day for us. It's actually a very beautiful day. I think it's supposed to get to about like 35. But what that means is that all of that sunlight, it is reflecting back on you from the ground super intensely. All of that white snow is reflecting the sunlight back on you as if like when you're in a pool or water, that water reflects the sunlight back at you. It's the same kind of concept. That's why you see skiers um, who might be pale everywhere else except their face where their goggles, you know, where their ski goggles are because all the sunlight gets in there and then they get burnt. So winter is really not helping your skin at all. <laughs> it's really not. Winter is a tough time for skin. So that's why this podcast is so um, important, I think, because as I said, when you have happy skin that feels good, you're gonna feel better, you're gonna just look better, your skin isn't gonna be as red, it's just gonna be, you're gonna be happier. So what are some signs that your skin barrier, your moisture barrier might be damaged? Well, I hinted at one, and this one is one that a lot of people just don't think about, um, and it's redness. If your skin is redder than normal, if it might be getting some texture issues, um, but especially that redness, that is a sign, it's a warning sign, that your skin is too dry and that your moisture barrier is starting to get damaged. Because I think a lot of us, we start worrying about dry skin um, when like there's the visible signs of it, like if you have flaky skin around your eyes, um, or on your cheeks, that's where I get it the most. I get it on my cheeks and also like the space between your hairline and your eyebrow. That's where I get the flakes. Um, but that's like when you are way far gone. Well, not way far gone, but like you want to try and get it, fix it before that, before it gets to that point. Um, so if your skin is red, that is actually a sign that your skin needs some love then it needs some moisture because essentially what's happening is your skin is sending extra blood to that area to try and repair itself. So, um, so yeah, some symptoms that you might need to work on your skincare during winter are redness, irritation, flakies, um, that kind of stuff. So we're going to now get into some big skincare basics. And so this is getting into the ingredients that go into your typical skincare items. So skincare can be made of three different types of ingredients. There are humectants, 
emollients, and occlusives. Your typical moisturizer will contain a blend of all three of these. So humectants, they are there to attract water to your skin, or it is also just water. Emollients are there to provide lipids and oils for your skin. So again, those are the first two things that are very important and that make up your moisture barrier. The last one are, the last ingredient, are occlusives. And these are things that are kind of more heavy, they're thicker, and they don't necessarily absorb into your skin very much, but what they do is they help to create a barrier between your skin and the environment. So, humectants, some examples of this are, well, water, um, that's just the basic one, um, glycerin, and hyaluronic acid. Those things all draw water to your skin. Emollients, these are oils. So whether it be jojoba oil, oil or avocado oil, or gosh, there's so many different facial oils now. Um, apricot kernel oil, meadow foam, hemp seed, there's so many. They all have their different properties. And if you listen to a couple episodes back, I talked about oil cleansing. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but all of the oils have different properties for skin. And depending on your skin type, some might be better suited for you than others. And so some examples of occlusives, those are kind of waxy, I guess you can say. Um, like beeswax is actually an occlusive. Now, no, you probably don't want to slather your face completely with um, beeswax, but shea butter, cocoa butter, all of the plant butters, those are also examples of occlusives too. So as I said, a moisturizer will have a blend of all three of these things. And what's important is to try and figure out what blend is good for your skin, but also at that specific time of year. So generally, a lot of us during the winter time, we're gonna need more um, emollients and also more occlusives in our skincare because those things, they, they help to protect your skin from that dry winter crap. <laughs> so that's a basic basics about the three things that go into skincare. Now, another thing that I should stress too is that during the winter, well, this is really just true with cleansing in general, but especially during the winter, you want to cleanse in the most gentle way that you can. Because the less you take away from your skin, the less your skin has to work to fix it and repair itself. So, as I said, Oil cleansing, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, oil cleansing, I think, is one of the most gentle ways to cleanse. Now, the caveat there is that oil cleansing can um, be a little bit too exfoliating, and we'll get to exfoliating too. Um, so I did say in that episode about oil cleansing um, that my skin really needed it in January to try and repair itself. But what I did notice is that after my skin had that time to repair itself, all of the exfoliation, it was kind of starting to bother my skin a little bit. And so I was able to bring back in some of my favorite cleansers. So anyways, when it comes to cleansing, you want to be as gentle as you can on your skin. Because again, 
the less you take away from your skin, the less work your skin has to do to repair itself. So some of the cleansers that I love are oil cleansing with a carrier oil. As I said, you just massage that onto your face and then you use a warm, wet, soft washcloth to remove it. The washcloth does offer exfoliation though. So if you are going to be using that style of cleansing, you wanna make sure that you are not doing too much exfoliation in your other products. So like you won't need a scrub, you probably will not need a chemical exfoliant either. So keep that in mind. Um, if you're looking for gentle cleansers that are just your typical kind of cleanser, um, there's two beauty counter ones that I absolutely adore. Um, there is the Beauty Counter Cream Cleanser. It's from the Coco Start. I think that's the name of it. <laughs> the Counter Start, Counter Start, sorry. The Counter Start Collection. It is their Coco Cream Cleanser. And I swear, I adore this cleanser so much. It's like the first cleanser that I can use and not have my skin feel super stripped and dry and tight and just icky feeling afterwards. Now, I will say though, this cleanser is not super good at removing super heavy duty makeup or super heavy duty sunscreen. And so we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but right now, uh, during the winter time, I'm using a much thicker sunscreen because it offers some of those occlusive ingredients for me. And so I do need to use a little bit more of a foaming cleanser. And so I love the Beauty Counter Refresh Foaming Cleanser. This one, when it foams, it's not like sudsy. So like, don't imagine that it's like a gel cleanser or like dish soap kind of bubbles. It's like a very soft kind of a cleanser. And if I use just a small amount of it, I'm able to remove all of that sunscreen without stripping my skin. So three cleansers, three cleansing options that I love for wintertime are again, oil cleansing with your carrier oil of choice the Beauty Counter Cocoa Cream Cleanser, and also the Beauty Counter Refresh Foaming Cleanser. So, okay, cleansing. You need to remember to take as little away from your skin as you can, because really, you don't want your skin to feel super, super tight once you are done cleansing. So another thing that I should add too, is that in the morning, there is no reason to cleanse your face with a typical cleanser. Honestly, all I do in the morning is I rinse my face with water and then start applying my skincare. Because again, if you keep taking away so much from your skin, your skin is gonna get irritated and you're gonna have to add more to it. So try, if you don't already, just rinsing your face with water in the morning and skipping your typical cleanser. So that's all about cleansing, but now back to those three ingredients that make up skincare products. Again, humectants, emollients, and occlusives. So during the winter, you want to use things that draw water to your skin. Humectants generally, or well, I should say serums, serums are generally all made of humectants. They are all ingredients their, their purpose is to help draw water to your skin and also to deliver kind of more like intense skincare into your skin, I should say. Um, I have found a serum that I freaking 
adore so much. And it is by the brand Coco Kind, and it is their Ceramide Serum. It's in a little dropper bottle, and I swear, this stuff really isn't, isn't that expensive for what it is. Um, ceramides are one of those very critical ingredients to your moisture barrier. And using the serum, um, it's reduced a lot of redness in my skin. My skin just feels happier. The texture is better when I use it. I absolutely love it. And so you want to apply your skincare in order of humectant, emollient, occlusive. So that means that you will put all of the super, super watery products on first in your skincare routine. So for me, that means that that ceramide serum goes on first. Now, my skincare routine specifically, it has a lot of steps. Yours might not be as intense and that's fine. It really doesn't matter. I like it, it makes me feel fancy, so I have lots of steps. So I do like to combine some of my steps. And so going back to what I said about how you want to apply your skincare in order of humectant, emollient, and occlusives, sometimes I do like to combine the humectants and the emollients together. So emollients bring us into the world of facial oils. So facial oils are something that are super, super trial and error. Now, I DIY my facial oils because I have been DIYing a lot of my skincare for many, many years, probably like I don't know, at least 10 years, I would say. So I have a lot of experience um, just knowing how oils are supposed to feel on my skin, um, which ones work for my skin and which ones don't. If you are completely new to the world of facial oils, it might be worth it to buy one that is pre-made, although in my opinion, a lot of them are overpriced. Um, even though I am a beauty counter consultant, I will be the first one to tell you that their facial oils are so expensive and I will not buy them because of that. Um, Plant Therapy, I've mentioned them before on this podcast, they are where I buy my carrier oils and also my essential oils. And they do actually have quite a few blends that are pre-made. Um, so if you go on their, their website, you can see, you know, just the description of what the oil like what skin type the oil is supposed to be good for so they are a really great reference um, if you're trying to learn what ingredients will work well for your skin um, but anyways facial oils can be super super helpful during winter time because your skin it generally cannot hold on to its own natural oils as easily during winter so if you add them back to your skin your skin will be happy. But again, as I said, it does take a lot of trial and error to figure out which oils work well for you and also how much to apply. So that is the one drawback of buying facial oils from Plant Therapy because even if you get the smallest size, I think it's like in a two ounce bottle, um, it's the kind of bottle where you have like a little kind of flip top lid on it. So it's very hard to dispense a small amount. So spatial oils, you really don't need very much. You only need like a few drops. So what I like to do for my facial oils is to put the oil in a roller ball. So like the typical, you know, essential oil style roller ball. 
I buy those off Amazon, um, the amber ones. I fill them up with my carrier oil, and what that allows me to do is I can just roll it around on my hand, and it allows you to get just a tiny amount. You can almost measure it too, like you can roll it just across your index finger, and maybe that's enough for you, or maybe you need your index and your middle finger, or maybe you need your whole palm. It helps you control the amount that you're applying super, super easily. So I highly recommend putting facial oils in roller balls. Um, a lot of times you will see facial oils packaged in the dropper bottles, <sighs> I have broken one too many of those in my life, <laughs> and I I just don't think they're very um, sturdy. <laughs> like, I have literally dropped them, like the whole thing, all sealed, and then the dropper will break, shatter inside of the glass bottle, and then you have glass shards in your facial oil, and then the whole thing is trash. I think that roller bottles, roller balls, are a lot more sturdy, so that's my choice. Anyways, so facial oils. Sometimes I like to mix those with my serum just because it helps to apply the facial oil a little bit more smoothly because again, as I said, you really don't need a ton of it. And if you're trying to apply just a few drops of something over your entire face, um, the application can sometimes be a little bit patchy. So in my opinion, mixing it with a serum can be super helpful because it helps to spread that facial oil more evenly on your skin. So humectants and emollients, those are two things that can be applied in the first steps of your skincare. Now, do you need to add a facial oil? No, you might not need to. Do you need to add a serum? No, you might not need to. But if you are having trouble with your skin during the winter, I highly recommend doing lots of light layers of skincare because with each layer you help to trap moisture into your skin so okay the products that i've talked about so far are the cleansers the cococine ceramide serum and also facial oils now when it comes to moisturizers like i said um, moisturizers they generally tend to have different ratios of humectants emollients and occlusives so that's why your summertime moisturizer might be a lot more lightweight and maybe less greasy feeling than the one that you need in wintertime. Um, one cream that I love, <laughs> um, I mentioned it a couple podcast episodes ago, but it is the Beauty Counter Supreme Cream. This cream is super high in the amount of occlusives, and so this is something that you would want to apply at the very, very end of your skincare routine um, because if any if you are applying something whether it's a moisturizer whether it's a sunscreen whatever and it has a decent amount or any amount of occlusives in it that you want it to be your very last step because if you put it on first all the other things in your skincare will not be able to penetrate it as well because of those occlusives so as I said, the Beauty Counter Supreme Cream, it has a lot of shea butter, and my skin loves shea butter. Loves, loves, loves it. I know that not everybody's skin does, but my skin loves it. Shea butter is an occlusive, and so it helps to protect my skin when I'm sleeping. I use this night cream only at night, um, but I mean, if you wanted to, you could use it during the day. Um, that's another thing you can try too. So say in the winter time, if you have a daytime moisturizer and you have a nighttime moisturizer, but that daytime one is not cutting it now during winter, try using your night cream during the day. 
you know, you don't have to like follow the rules of what it says on the label or what it says in the name. If you want to use our night cream during the daytime, try it because it might be good for you then. So, um, let's see. Occlusives. Back to those. Occlusives are sticky. <laughs> it's a sticky topic. <laughs> um, because they can generally be thick because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to protect your skin from the elements. So a lot of times occlusive things can tend to be a little bit heavier. So my advice there is to apply just a little bit and see how that goes because honestly that Beauty Counter Supreme Cream, I really don't need to apply much of it because it is my last step all over my other skincare but it's just enough to help seal everything into my skin. So we should talk now about exfoliation during winter time. Exfoliation is something where there's a very fine line. You wanna make sure that you are doing enough, but you don't want to overdo it because if you overdo it, you're just gonna make your moisture barrier a lot weaker. But if you don't do it at all, what can happen is that all of the dead flaky skin cells, they can like pile up on your face and then they don't allow your skincare to actually penetrate into your skin. So maybe if you're thinking that your skincare just isn't working right now, that might just mean that you need to exfoliate and try your existing products again. So as I said, my favorite way to exfoliate during the winter time is through oil cleansing. So try doing that. And who knows, maybe your skincare products will all be perfect then. I don't know. So exfoliation, again, there's a very fine line. You want to do it, but you don't want to overdo it. I'm going to touch on another product I really love here while we're talking about exfoliation. Um, lips. Lips are weird. <laughs> It's not that they're weird, it's just that the skin on your lips is very different from the skin on your face and it does not exfoliate itself as well as the skin on your face does. So I know that a lot of us, we probably get dry flaky lips during the winter time. Um, I have found a product by Ilia that I love and it is called their Lip Wrap. And it's just like a balm, a lip balm that is in a pot. You just scrape a little bit out on the back of your fingernail, apply it to your lips before you go to bed. And this stuff helps to keep your lips smooth and also eliminate a lot of the dry flaky skin that can happen during winter time. Because what this contains is chemical exfoliants, which um, work to just break down some of those outer layers of your skin and leave the new layers exposed and soft and smooth and wonderful. So Ilia Lip Wrap, I will link to that in the show notes along with all of the other things that I've talked about today. But really quick, that's a product that I'm loving right now during winter. So I think the final topic of sunscreen. As I said before, you still need sunscreen during the winter. Yes, in theory, the rays from the sun are not as intense, but you still need it especially on those snowy days because it's like having a mirror reflecting all of that sunlight back onto your face. So you're getting it from above and from below. The sunscreen that I hinted at before that I'm loving right now is by All Good, and it is actually a sunscreen stick. If you have children, you maybe be familiar um, 
with this type of sunscreen, but it essentially just looks like a um, glue stick. <laughs> and you just rub it onto your face. And because it's in stick form, you can imagine that it has the same kind of feelings and qualities of a lip balm, and it does. This sunscreen stick is super high in shea butter, and it does also have some beeswax and some coconut oil. Um, but it is super wonderful at protecting my skin and creating that final occlusive barrier between my skin and the environment. This is not the sunscreen that I have to use or that I do use um, during spring, fall, and summer. I use a more typical sunscreen at that time. But I found that if I try to use that one during winter, it just doesn't cut it for me. Um, my skin feels too dry by the end of the day and it just doesn't work. So I know that it sounds crazy to think of rubbing this glue stick looking thing all over your face, but it really has helped my skin um, be a lot happier during winter while also protecting it. Now, as I mentioned before, occlusives can tend to be sticky. They can tend to be a little bit, uh, not cosmetically elegant, I guess you could say. Um, but the unfortunate thing about sunscreen is that you cannot skip, skimp, I should say, skimp. You can't skimp on the amount that you apply. You need to make sure that you apply enough sunscreen that you, that way you actually get the amount of SPF that it claims to have. Um, so the sunscreen stick, although I love it, it's definitely not something that you could like apply to your face and then just head out the door, you're probably gonna look a little sticky, a little funny. Um, but to me, my sunscreen has just always been a part of my makeup routine. Um, Cause honestly, even on the days where I'm not wearing like eye makeup or anything, I am at least applying my sunscreen and setting it with powder. That's just always how my skincare routine has been. Maybe it's not that way for you, but for me, that's just how it is. Um, so one face powder that I am loving um, that is super, super not drying is the Satin Finishing Powder by Alima Pure. Um, it's basically just mica and it's tinted a little bit um, just to give you a little bit of coverage, but like barely any. I think it looks super natural, but what this does is it allows you to set that super occlusive sunscreen without drying your skin out because a lot of times face powders that are made for oily skin or that are said to be mattifying, they are going to draw out the oils from your skin and you don't want that during the winter. So you need to find a face powder that is super non-drying. So who knows, you might need to change up your skincare during the winter and that's okay. That is okay. Your skin changes, your environment changes, you just might need different products for different times of year. That's all. Generally, I think it can be said then in wintertime, that's when you're having to put as much stuff on, and that's just how it is. During the summer, there's days in the summertime where I can literally rinse my face in the morning, put a serum on, throw my sunscreen on, and then that's it. But that's not the case in the, in the winter. I need lots and lots of layers because as I said earlier, in winter, if you are struggling with dryness, the key is to apply lots of light layers because with each of those layers you can trap in more moisture it's a lot better than using just one heavy layer of something i promise you i know it takes a little bit more time but it really will be worth it in the long run so whew, 
I know that was a lot of information. We talked about the three ingredients that go into skincare items. Those are humectants, emollients, and occlusives. We talked about how important it is to cleanse your skin in a gentle way because the less you take away from your skin, the less your skin has to work to repair itself. We talked about why sunscreen is still important in the wintertime. And we talked about what makes up a moisture barrier and how to repair it. So as I said at the very beginning of the episode, if you get only one thing out of this podcast today, is that you need to, during the wintertime, try to be as gentle as you can on your moisture barrier by trying to repair it, by trying to keep it healthy, because even if you don't have skin issues, it's still going to benefit you. You can't like be too gentle on your skin barrier, your moisture barrier, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So again, all of the products that I mentioned, those will be linked in the show notes. And if you have any specific Uh, questions about the beauty counter products, or if you want me to send you samples, I will gladly do that. If you're in the United States, I will ship them out to you. I'll give you some information. And of course, we'll talk to you about your specific skincare needs as well. So um, that is it for today. Thank you for listening to this very girly episode of The Girly Homesteader. Actually, before you go, I want to announce that I am going to start doing a monthly giveaway through the podcast. So I know that I'm not starting this at the beginning of the month, but what I'm going to be doing is at the beginning of each month. So in the episode that talks about like homestead goals for the month, I'm going to be drawing a winner from all the people who leave me a review on whatever podcast player you listen to. Okay. So What you'll be able to win are lots of mini sizes of beauty counter skincare products, um, maybe gardening related things too, seeds, stuff like that. Basically what you'll do is you will submit your, your review of the podcast on either Spotify, Apple, whatever. Take a screenshot of me and you can send that screenshot to me via Instagram or You can email it to me at thegirlyhomesteader at gmail.com. And then once I get all of those um, entries, I will draw a winner from that bunch. And then I'll get in contact with you and let you know what you can pick from. So at this point in the game, (laughs) you have a very, very high chance of winning because honestly, I think I probably have only like 10 people that listen to the podcast. So like one in 10 chances, very, very good. Um, So yes, I'm very excited about this. Every month I'll be drawing um, a winner who leaves me a review for the podcast and you can choose from a lot of really, really awesome things. So they could be skincare related, they could be homesteading related, um, just lots of fun little things. So that's it, that's my announcement and I will keep mentioning this um, probably every podcast episode because the prizes are going to be just that fabulous. So that's all, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you want to share more in my journey, follow me on Instagram at the Girly Homesteader.